What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. On this episode, we have special guest Alan Orlich. Alan is an American Croat who moved from New York to Croatia, where he eventually started Tinker Labs. Uh, Tinker Labs is an educational project to help kids learn STEM subjects in a more fun and effective manner. And in this episode, we'll learn how it all started and how it works. Alan, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Um, I've already got a couple questions right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask about <laughs> some of the differences between New York and you're now living in Osijek. Um, mm-hmm. But before we sort of get into that, can you start us off on, you know, sort of your Croatian background and, you know, growing up in the U.S., what were you doing there? Sure. Uh, my parents moved to the U.S. 51 years ago. Um and I was born over there in New York, and my brothers and I were raised in New York. I uh, went to school over there. I finished my PhD in New York, and then uh, met my met my wife in our uh, where my father has his, you know his hometown. My dad's from the coast in Vinišća near uh, near Trogir. My mom's from Drniš, or you know in Otovica near Drniš. Um, and they met over there, came to the U.S. And uh, as a family, we always spoke Croatian and, and, and English together. And we, we used to go back quite often while we were kids. And one summer I met this girl and then, you know, we stayed in touch and everything. And then she, we got married in Croatia. And then I went back to finish my PhD in New York. And then after finishing my PhD, we decided maybe it would be better uh, to move back to Croatia and start teaching at some, some school uh, university in the U.S. We had this uh, business idea, maybe. That we wanted to try and uh, our first daughter was born in the u.s she was two and a half years old when we moved and that was uh 10 years ago now so that's the classic fell in love with a croatian girl story huh yeah, yeah. bosnian but <laughs> yeah bosnian um yeah. so you were involved in the croatian community um back at home back in new york you've been uh, often enough to croatia but now living in osiak you know full-time mm-hmm. How different is it for you going from New York to Osijek? Um, well, I mean, that, that may have been one of the reasons why we wanted to move. It was kind of that, that social um, raising a child in New York. I mean, I love New York. I go back probably once a year. Um, but mm, I feel like, you know, one of the differences in we're in Osijek now, which is kind of interesting because we didn't, we only had a, a few friends from Osijek. So when we decided to move, uh, we were offered either Ostik as a place to start the first franchise, which was Helen Doran, English for Children, um, or Dubrovnik, and we are considering Dubrovnik for a while. You know, it'd be nice living in Dubrovnik. And then these friends from Ostik said, hey, listen, you know, we'll, we'll help you get set up and everything if you want to come. And then, you know, packed our bags and moved to Ostik, never been here before, but now we love it. You know, we feel like we're really uh, been adopted by the community here. And so now, you know, that we have two two daughters I just I just love the, the the lifestyle where you know they can walk to school tennis whatever they have it's very safe very 
communal, you know, great friends. We really feel like a, I don't know. That's what, what a difference. I mean, you know, not, not to say we lived on Long Island in New York, so it's not a very, you know, rough place or anything, but uh, just in general, I think uh, I kind of, I kind of, one of the major factors was, I think, lifestyle. Mm. To me, that sort of reminds me, it's like of my parents' generation, you know, how they, they talk about, oh, you, we'd ride our bikes to school, you know, walk to school, whatever that, and that's sort of what I feel like sort of yeah. all of Croatia is kind of like now, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's sort of the vibe I get. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, living in New York for a long time, the traffic and everything kind of gets to you. And then, so when you're over here and you can ride your bike or walk or, you know, rarely get in the car, it's, mm -hmm. it's nice to have everything right there. Like I say, for us, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the measure of a man. So it's, it's not too big, but it's not too small. So it's got everything. And as far as we're concerned, you know, it's a really nice place. Plus, it was a great place to start the business, you know. So we yeah. did uh, Yeah, I hear Osiak is quite the um, business, entrepreneurship, and tech hub. Yeah. I've yeah, never been, really... but I've been hearing good things about Osiak. Yeah, there are a lot of great uh, tech companies over here. And yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, Tinker Labs a little bit. How did that? So as I understand <laughs> it, you came with a different business or you were franchising a um a slightly different business yeah well first we came to open up a helen doran franchise so we were franchisees in osec and then uh, in 2012 and then i think 2014 maybe we opened up another location in slavonsky broad because we, <clears throat> we saw that the business model was good you know why not uh, stick stick with it open up another location uh, and then around 2016 i opened uh, i started tinker lives open company and everything and I had the idea for a while to create something like that you know seeing the, the franchise business model work and uh seeing that you know well okay we can't sell English to children in the U.S. what kind of things in that uh, education supplemental education sector do I see uh that there's a need for and I've always been interested in multidisciplinary uh, learning and, and, and subjects and um just in general feel that children nowadays are lacking in that hands-on learning environment. And, you know, STEM subjects are very important and popular now. And I figured, well, STEM is something that we can kind of make interesting and take the same or a similar model uh, that Helen Doran uses. And, you know, instead of English, let's teach uh, science, technology, engineering, art, math, you know, The idea is that every week we have a different subject, so it could be biology, chemistry, forensics, engineering, physics, right? And we do four or five experiments uh, per class around one topic, and we do it in a fun, hands-on way, you know? And so we started with uh, the first program in 2016 over here in Osek, and since then, you know, we have, we have six programs now. So we have a program for four to six-year-olds, six to ten-year-olds, and ten to twelve-year-olds. So we have six full-year programs, um, which I think is pretty impressive. You know, mm -hmm. how many how many total students do you have? Is this something that it's um, like uh -huh. say three-month-long program, or you just sign up for one class at a time? How does that work? That's the thing. It's a full-year program, so it's four, mm -hmm. 40 weeks, so it tracks the entire school year, um, and Yeah, so 40 weeks times six years. So a child could basically start in kindergarten and, you know, stay there till third or fourth grade with us, which is, you know, I think something that 
but it's fantastic for kids because and it, the, the idea is not to um, replace their education, but just a supplement to get them inspired in, in become inspired learners and self-learners, you know, and have fun, not, not uh, think of learning as something that's a drag or memorizing, you know, but really get to get them passionate about something that they might want to do in the future. Now, do you think, do you think most of your students that are there are ones that, you know, don't excel maybe in, in school at these subjects and need the extra motivation, or are they the ones that love these subjects and want more of it? Or is there sort of a mix? Um, I think, I think there's a mix. Uh, but to get back to your question about uh, how many students. So we started in 2016 with our first location, we kind of, there's a pilot program. Okay. Let's see how it works with the teacher in the classroom. And then I think it was 2017 or 18, I had my first master franchiser um, for Croatia. So I decided I didn't want to take on that uh, that role, but I wanted to have someone, you know, be the master franchiser for Croatia. And fortunately, um, this colleague friend of mine from Vinkovci um, was much better at that kind of business end than I am. And so now we have, I think, 36 locations in Croatia, plus like eight more for next year. So we'll probably have about 50 locations in Croatia by, ne by next year. And we also have uh, Serbia, Bosnia, Macedonia, Hungary, we're in negotiations with uh, with a few other countries like Slovenia, Italy, Germany. So, uh, you know, our scaling is, is, you know, going pretty well. Um, and the idea is, I think, to offer something that for every, every child, right? So uh, I think in fact that I heard recently that they might implement something in Croatia, in fact, to uh, see what children are better at STEM subjects, you know, which which is great, I think. But uh, we had something similar when I was growing up uh, on Long Island. It was called uh, the Gifted Course. And then later they changed the name to Wider Horizon because that was politically incorrect to call certain kids gifted, right? Um, but a lot of the idea of particular labs came out of that. So, you know, you give kids the opportunity to do something a little more creative because they're, you know, a little smarter or whatever. But my idea was, uh, I don't like to, you know, segregate and say well this kid i think is smarter and he deserves i think every child is super smart they have that you know in childhood brilliance that just needs to be uh you know triggered i think you know so mm -hmm. it was to make it for everyone really and wow so you were i didn't realize you were expanding into so many countries you mentioned uh tell me again serbia montenegro macedonia even germany yeah. Well, in Germany, we're in negotiations now, so we'll see what, what happens there. But but yeah, last year or two years ago, we expanded into Serbia and, and uh, Montenegro, last year into Bosnia and uh, Macedonia, and then this year in, in Hungary, working up at first school. Wow, so, and still more plans to, to keep scaling into other countries. Yeah. Also, it must be, I mean, I think that even speaks for itself in the success of the program that, I mean, the kids like yeah. it, the parents like it. What sort of feedback have you gotten from the kids and parents? I mean, mostly it's all positive feedback. I love it. It's like, you know, if I'm ever feeling down, I just open up Instagram and see all the schools that are open, all the happy faces on the kids. You know, I say, well, we're doing something good for the community. You yeah. Know? And the franchisees are happy, I think. Uh, you know, yeah. overall, it's really rewarding, you know. I think, I think this year we had like a hundred instructors, teachers working, you know, teaching Tinker Labs programs, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a hundred people that are employed. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's awesome. What yeah. What do you think um, as far as teaching STEM or the programs mm -hmm. revolving around STEM 
you know, comparing and contrasting between Croatia and the U.S.? Do you think it's it's sort of a similar attitude about it, or is it completely different? Oh, I mean, before before I uh, started writing the program for, uh, I kind of did a lot of research, uh, just in general in what the education systems are like worldwide and everything, and I came to the conclusion that it's it's basically similar everywhere. You know, it's so like people are going to bitch about the education system wherever they are. You know, like okay, they say Finland's really great. Or Korea, but they have their problems also, you know. So uh, if you look in general, um, you know the, the common idea is oh, in Croatia, the you know elementary and, and and high school is so much harder than the U.S. and the kids are so much smarter. Yeah, that's nice if you want to think that. But if you look at the actual statistics, PISA scores and whatnot, you know Croatia is one has been one level underneath the U.S. in math, which is I think the easiest indicator. Right, so uh, on a list of I don't know I don't know how many there are, but I think the U.S. is right in the middle at eighty or seventy-nine, and Croatia was at eighty. You know, so it's like I think in general the the systems are very similar. You know, with the U.S. Uh, when I went to school, it still wasn't that uh, what was it? Uh, uh, I forget which president uh, implemented some changes. So uh, it was I think a little more. A little better but then since then um no child left behind right the no child left behind act which was i guess good you know but you know, i think the u.s system has it has its issues as well and what the no child left behind that created was a, a culture of teach the test where you know teachers don't have that freedom to do something fun Let, let's teach you know the theory the concepts but okay you have a test this is what you need to, to know for the test based on those test scores you know uh, that's going to determine how much money we're going to get for the government, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it, it, it's not a good situation for the kids, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, I think in Croatia, it, it's similar, you know, the, the public education system. Yeah, well, I remember for me, that was the worst part about, you know, trying learning is just to teach the teach the test. You're only learning yeah. what you have to do to, you know, get a good grade on the test, pass the test, as opposed to the things you're actually interested in. And exactly. sort of, uh, on that idea, um, you guys created your own textbooks, right? So what, what yeah. goes into, you know, sort of the process of creating that and what curriculum you want to go over? Uh -huh. uh, well, <clears throat> I started out with the idea first for Tinker Town. So that's the class for children in first grade, first to fourth grade, basically, right? Um, and the idea was to have basically a microcosm of a town and what you would need in order for that town to run effectively. Right. So each week we learned about, you know, a different person in that town. So it could be uh, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, uh, you know, whatever. And then we see what that person, you know, what kind of scientific background does that person need to fulfill their, their job. Right. Um, and I thought that was kind of an interesting way to approach each, each new lesson, you know. And then so let's say if it's, uh, you know, a pilot and learn about aerodynamics and then I'll do four or five experiments around aerodynamics you know in first grade which is pretty cool because they're not going to learn about aerodynamics until I don't know eighth grade you know <laughs> but if you teach it in a fun way they can learn about you know lift and drag and all these things uh so uh, that was the idea for Tinker Town and then the idea for Tinker Tots which is our kindergarten age uh, uh program there we have basically storybooks that uh, also follow 
they're four, four storybooks, 10 weeks each. And the idea is that the 10th week is a summary of what they had learned in the past nine weeks. So um, they read the story and then in the story, there's basically a summary of all the past nine experiments that they did, you know? So because of, you know, kindergarten kids don't really know how to read and write that well. So we thought that we'd kind of embed it in, into a story, that, that summary. Um, and then we also have Tinker World, which is for older children. And that's uh, designed as a micro a macrocosm, right? So there we're looking at uh, history and geography. And basically every week we learn about a different scientist or inventor, you know, which is pretty cool because then we had the freedom to say, okay, we want to put more women scientists in this because we're promoting who we think are important in the world of science and technology, right? So of course we have Tesla, you know, Einstein, Marie Curie, you know, um, and then, yeah, me and my team over here in OSIC, which is really uh, fantastic. I'm really fortunate to have a really good team of uh, employees and we all really work to get well together. Uh, you know, we come up with an idea for, for a class. Okay, let's say we want to do a class on Einstein. What are we going to do? We kind of brainstorm, come up with uh, what the class is going to look like. And then the, 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 tell the, we tell the designers, okay, let's make, you know, a few uh, uh, pictures like this and what the... Uh, what what the workbook is a question should look like and make them fun and so it's very much a collaboration or it has been now and that when you're saying class that's the one year sort of one year long class yeah yeah so so each so we have tinker tots that lasts for one year and then there's a follow-up class tinker tots plus tinker town and then tinker town plus tinker world tinker world plus so there's six full year courses uh all together i see we have we have books and everything for each course. And how long ago, remind me, did you, what year did you start this? 2016. 2016. Wow. So have you had kids that have been, you know, there for four or five, six years? Yeah. yeah we, were, we had our first, you know, graduating <laughs> kids that have been there through all six years. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, it is. Do you have any, what sort of future plans do you have? Do you have any plans to go above and beyond um, as far as like the eighth grade level? Um, I think uh, future plans are kind of stick with the franchise model and scale it up so that we can expand eventually into the U.S. And, and you know, I mean, Germany is a big market now that we're considering, but we have to make sure that the infrastructure is there, you know, before before we can totally commit to say, okay, this is the right partner for Germany or, or the U.S. and, and let, let's do it. Um, in terms of programs, we were thinking about maybe doing a Tinker Garden program. So for children that are you know, even younger, three or four years old, because we found that uh, that's one of our, you know, most rewarding and fun classes that we do, because there's not much for, for kids that are that young, but you really can get them excited about stuff when they are younger. And that would maybe be something where we would incorporate some kind of joint learning with the parents. So the parents would be there with the children, you know, and then also it's something that we can maybe eventually pitch in the U.S. as kind of just a separate kindergarten course so tinker garden and tinker tots tinker tots plus that's three basically three years of courses that we could offer to private kindergartens in the u.s let's say i mean that's one idea hmm. uh, yeah uh, another idea is to, to start developing some of our own uh line of didactic games you know that are kind of tied to the courses that we teach so there's a lot of materials that we provide our franchisees and that they have to um produce um and we realized maybe we, can, we should start producing some of these and maybe trying to sell them as 
standalone products, you know? So that's what one other uh, direction I go in. And, and the third direction is something we've been thinking about for a long time, but, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, I haven't been able to commit much time to it, uh, is maybe a, a, a museum. So like a STEM museum, Tinker Museum, which uh, a little, you know, smaller scale, but someplace where kids can go and really do a lot of hands-on learning, you know? Huh. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. It sounds like a massive undertaking, but that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of my goal, <laughs> one of my passions. Eventually, to see, to see, to see that come to fruition. Oh, that would be great, um, Alan. Sort of as we're winding down here, I want to ask just one more question, unrelated to you know Tinker Labs and everything, but more so about New York and the U.S. Is there anything you miss about, say, New York? Say, we'll say specifically New York. Yeah, oh, I miss I miss the museums over there for sure, the, the cultural, uh, you know, it's nice to go to New York for 10 days. I was I was there last year for the uh, ACAP conference. They invited me as a guest speaker and it was really great being over there. You know, uh, in that hustle bustle, it's fantastic if you're there for 10 days, but if you're there every day, <laughs> it can, you know, be a little drain on you. I have a lot of good friends that are still in New York and the US and I love to just visit them. Um, but I bet my parents are still spend half the year in New York, half the year in Croatia. So obviously, go see them. Um, yeah, yeah, well, that's nice. The thing for me, I've actually I've never been to New York. I was always a West Coast guy. I've stayed in Los Angeles. I think Denver was as far as I got over there. But uh, I, I mean, I miss sort of the food diversity. That yeah. you can sort of. I miss Mexican food mostly. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. That's that that's. Definitely true. But I like to cook a lot also. So, uh, uh yeah. What sort <laughs> of things are you cooking? I'm mostly Dalmatian, but you know, brudette, pekka, that kind of stuff. Pekka, that's <laughs> pekka's got to be one of my favorites. Maybe yeah. top that and some yanyatina. Those yeah. got to be my top two favorites. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, so. Alan. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, mean, I like to experiment with cooking. I think. Again, it's, it's kind of one of those STEM things where it's it's an art and a science in order to figure out how to make something well and how to cook it well. That's uh, true, yeah. Especially when you think of, you know, your Baba who doesn't even measure the things. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of the yeah. art part of it. But there is the science behind it, too. Yeah. Well, Alan, I want to thank you again so much for, for coming on the podcast here and, you know, telling us about Tinker Labs and the initiative that you're doing. Uh, sounds like it's, it's really cool and it sounds like it's working really well. Um, so definitely keep us updated with any, you know, new things, new programs that you got going. When you get that museum going, you got to contact me. That'll be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was really good talking to you. Awesome. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it.